fuck a duck. <laughs> Speechless, with nothing to say. We're doing a drinking game. Oh, fuck. <laughs> You're listening to Sad. No. <laughs> and I was full scale, like 22, and I was like, yep, cradle snatching, Auckland Zoo missing their cougar. You're in the hot seat. Oh, fire round. If someone doesn't want to be with you, why would you want to be with them? Welcome back to another episode of Sass with Cass. All right, guys, welcome back to Sass with Cass. Welcome back to Sass with Cass. Welcome back to Sass with Cass. Sharon Casey hardly needs an introduction. There is something so soothing about her familiar voice that you may know from the Edge Night Show, Day Show, News Reading, or Afternoon Show, or perhaps from the Trainee Sexologist podcast that she co-hosts with Morgan Penn. She is totally a multi-talent, starring in the TV world where she's presented three seasons of Dancing with the Stars, as well as a variety of other shows. With over 15 years experience in the industry, she's been on red carpets, comedy shows, she's an MC, and she's also an absolutely incredible mother and wife. Sharon, you're someone so many look up to, including myself. Your energy and personality is absolutely contagious. So it is an absolute honor to have you on Sass with Cass. Thank you for being here today. I'm not even lying that that made me, that my eyes like feel a little bit emotional. Like I feel kind of, um, I don't know, like imposter syndrome. Like when you were sitting there and I was like, wow, I just really don't feel like I've done that much stuff, but I've done some stuff. That's so nice. That's such a nice thing to say. I don't really know. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) No, you were like, a living legend. I'm so excited to have you on. And I was telling like a couple of people you were coming on. They were like, that's so cool. She's like famous. And I was like, I know, I know. Oh, that's so nice. Oh, thanks. Of I, feel, I don't know. I feel very imposter syndrome right now, but I'll take it. Okay, take it, take it. Sharon, take me back to the beginning, growing up in Timaru. What were your family dynamics like? What was life like? And did you have the internal dialogue within you that you wanted to end up doing what you're doing and being this personality? Well, I was, so I'm the youngest of three sisters. So Mm -hmm. there's three girls in our family, my poor father. So he was very (laughs) excited uh, when I produced two boys. He finally (laughs) had some allies. Um, So yeah, so there's the three of us and then both of our parents and we had like a pretty amazing, like when I look back at it, we have like a pretty amazing childhood and, and family. Uh, you know, the my parents really were great examples of working really hard, having a good work ethic, of always being kind. Um, we weren't spoiled, but we also like, you know, like we weren't spoiled, but we also had a really amazing life as well. Um, like, for example, if we wanted to buy expensive clothes, we had to lay by them and pay them off ourselves. And yeah. we didn't get um, our first cars bought for us or anything like that. We had to had to work and we always had that, um, that kind of mentality. And both my parents are super creative. And so, um, but it's not until actually recently now that they're both retired that I realized that's where my creative brain came from Mm -hmm. like my dad can make anything and fix anything like he makes all of his grandkids these like amazing toys that he should have an Etsy store for and my mom's like a beautiful sewer so that we were always kind of surrounded by creativity encouraged to do the things that we wanted to do and um we just played a lot of sport like all three of us just played so much sport so we 
all grew up in um, team environments. So all three of us are really good at working within teams because we were playing team sports for as long as we can remember. Um, in saying that though, we can, none of us, none of all three of us can play social sport and we weren't allowed because we were all absolutely Monica and Ross from Friends, psycho competitive. Um, so that was kind of our childhood. And like when we lived in Timor, it was such a great place to grow up because we had like our cousins, um, our aunties and uncles and our grandparents there. And so we all hung out all the time or we'd go out to the country to our grandparents' house and we play out there. So it was it was a really cool kind of childhood and like home life. But um, school was probably a different story. I think that I was, um, I think because I was always encouraged to just like be myself and have fun and stuff like that. I was a little bit weird. I was a little bit walked the beat of my own drum. I was loud. I loved to get my hands dirty with everything mm. um, and was encouraged to do so. And so that doesn't super go down well with bullies sometimes. So there was a lot of times where I was uh, ditched from friends groups and, and things like that. And when I look back at that, I like it, it sets up a lot of stuff from my own mental health stuff as an adult and a lot of things as an adult that I struggle with um but also I look back and I remember when I like first discovered the Spice Girls and stuff like that and um, and discovering girl power and it was just amazing and we had like a all boys basketball team but they never passed it to the girls so I was like screw you guys and my mom helped me make a poster on Microsoft Publisher to start an all-female bas- mini ball team I love and, that. and my sister helped me find a coach for it from her high school and um, so there are some good stuff but I think a lot of what um, makes me good at my job and also that's my strength and my weakness come from like my school life which I didn't really enjoy Mm. it's amazing hearing you speak so vocally about being bullied and you've been such an advocate for mental health which it's something that really cracked my ears up immediately that I gravitated towards you for because it's something I've struggled with so intimately and had definitely my fair share of ups and downs and like sitting in the in the bathroom by yourself at lunchtime kind of moments how do you feel being bullied like that shaped you into who you are and also how like what would you say to yourself back then or anyone else going through it any young Kiwis who are caught in that right now I think it and it's a conversation that my mom and I have had a few times is that back then like especially for parents and things like that they didn't have the education that say our generation will have with our kids about mental health and things like that and I actually now as an adult can look back and remember my mom saying oh she had a bad feeling in her stomach and and now knowing as an adult that she probably didn't know at the time was anxiety and Mm. I definitely had anxiety about going to school like I, I remember one day um having my breakfast and the girl that had always bullied me um, was finally going to get stood up to that day. And I remember eating my breakfast and being so anxious and nervous that I then threw my breakfast right back up into the bowl and then was like, oh my God, okay, I got to go. And there were things like, um, you know, waiting on the corner to bike to school and everyone else met 20 minutes earlier and I'm sitting on the corner being like, where the are they? And then they don't come. Mm. Um, And like stuff like that still sits with me. Like I, because I hate being late Mm. and so 
if someone makes me wait longer than five, 10 minutes, then I start to get, it's, it's much better now that we have cell phones to play on, but before that I would be in a sweat by the time the first one got there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. Like I, I look at it now and it was awful. And I have my diaries still from, um, from like high school and they are very dark at times and definitely a lot of, um, kind of suicidal thoughts and thinking that will be better without me and things like that um but I think one thing that my mum was really good at was that she was like as we got older she was very open with talking about um about suicide and stuff like that and how like you know it, it shouldn't be an option and like blah 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 and and so that was actually probably quite beneficial for me to always like keep going but yeah. I definitely and especially as a parent now, I um, definitely put my parents through hell in my teenage years because I just kept getting into trouble. They couldn't figure out how to help me, I don't think. And then I had really bad anxiety and then you'd act out and it would just spiraled out of control and I was just a little shit. And um, so I ended up leaving school sorry I ended up leaving school at the end of fifth form and which is uh, when I was 15 so I left school when I was 15 and even now my parents say that was the best thing they ever did was leaving school and even though I acted out a wee bit and the best lesson my dad ever taught me he just had enough and I wasn't listening and I wasn't doing as I was told and he was like you're not going to follow the rules find somewhere else to live and I was like, oh, what? I'm 16. And he was like, so you can legally find somewhere else to live. And I was like, oh, okay. So my dad said it as a threat. And me being my father's daughter is like, oh, okay. Challenge accepted. And but so then I went wedding for like six weeks and I lived with my boss. Um, and that was amazing too, because I couldn't talk back to her and she took absolutely no shit. And right. That was probably the hardest lesson my parents ever had to teach me. But if that had not happened, I don't think I would be where I am now. I needed to have that like tough love moment and rebuild yourself. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I don't know if that answers your question or I just went on this like really long rant. (laughs) I I absolutely love that. And I think that is really important. My dad's kind of the same. He's like super German and he like lays down the law, but it kind of makes you feel safer in a way. Yeah. With that concept of like, growing up and finding your feet and that sort of like turmoil, a bit of being bullied, seeing you now and you're so confident, like you're so, so, so confident and confident enough to put yourself in front of the camera or out there to the public and be in the public eye. What are your self-confidence tips or even body image tips to women wanting to do the same thing? I think that that was like, I don't, I, I feel like that's something that a, if like a lot of my friends, call me paranoia because I am very paranoid like not very paranoid but I'm pretty paranoid like I'm yeah. I'm constantly like I'm a people pleaser so mm-hmm. I'm constantly worried people are mad at me I don't want to upset people and things like that so mm-hmm. I wouldn't say that I'm super confident right. but I would say that probably like as I've been at the edge and the longer I've grown and the people that have worked around me especially in like you know higher up positions that have taken me under their wing and like you know encouraged me and mentored me they kind of encouraged me to use my voice and I think that just became a point where I was like oh just no because like even when I first started in radio there were 
people that weren't super nice and they live rent free in your in your brain and Mm. then one day I was like actually fuck those people and I started going to talk therapy a few years ago and that changed my life like Mm -hmm. it just absolutely changed my life to not care what people think and I think also becoming a a mother made me really kind of look at my anxiety and my depression like head on and be like okay if anxiety is environmental I do not want my kids to come up yeah your baby's seeing that and so I want to work really hard at that and my husband is such a great support in that way because him and I are chalk and cheese in that way whereas for example if I was vegan I'm not vegan but say I was vegan and I went to a cafe and they accidentally put something non-vegan on my plate mm-hmm. I'd be like ha, oh, and not say anything whereas right. Bryce is the person that would be like um excuse me like politely but he is that guy whereas I'd be like no no it's fine it's fine you you crash into my car it must have been my fault my bad my bad um <laughs> So he's the complete opposite to me in that way. And so that, I think a combination of all of that really helps. And then I think with my job, I've just, I kind of, when I first started, I I found myself being pushed into a corner of having to be the person that always got ripped out and laughed at. But if you gave it back, then it just got, you know, like other people wouldn't take take the loss you know, and I think, and that's an important thing, like in our job, if you give it, you've got to be able to take it. Yeah. And I've definitely had pivotal moments where there's one like pivotal moment where I stand by, I did a hilarious burn and it didn't go down well. And from then on, it was just a horrible situation to be a part of. And so in the end, I was like, you know, fuck this. And Mm -hmm. I didn't, I just decided to not be part of that situation anymore. And it was the best thing that I ever did, like, because it made me finally be, have value to myself. And it was also the the pivotal moment for me where I was not going to be the dumb classic girl that gets pushed in the corner, that has to be laughed at, that if she gives it back, the other people aren't going to take the L for it. I had to be like, I'm going to be just as fucking good as you. And I'm going to work just as hard as you. And I'm not going to like go into the cliche roles that women have been put into sometimes. So, yeah. And I think from then on, I was just really encouraged to, to do that. And I never got put in situations like that again, which was amazing. That is amazing. Talking about opinions and opinions being in radio, is online hate something that you've come up against? And if so, how do you deal with everyone's comments or thoughts on what you're putting out there or presenting? I think sometimes it depends. If it's super personal, mm. then I will be like, and it's incorrect, then yeah. I'll, and it's not constructive, then I will go back and be like, um, excuse me. Mm. Or just be like, this is so wrong, blah, blah, blah. Mm. If somebody gives me, or I just delete it because I can't be bothered because I'm just like, ah, get fucked. Yeah. But if it's constructive, like if somebody, you know, messages the radio show and they're like, I really hate this game. It's really annoying. I will always be like, why do you find it annoying? And they'll, and if they come back and be like, because you suck, then I'm like, ugh, whatever. If they come back and go, I find it really annoying because this part bothers me or blah, blah, blah. Radio show is not for me. So that's constructive. If listeners don't enjoy it, then obviously I want to know why so that I can change it so they do enjoy it. But if it's just, you know, 
in TV most of the time it's just that I'm wearing an ugly dress or I look fat or whatever. Um, if it's constructive, cool. If it's not constructive, then I, it's like sometimes it's water off a duck's back, but sometimes it can really hit the bone. Like if somebody tells me, says that I'm always a bitch because I will like have banter and like give it, you know, as yeah. good as I get kind of thing. Um, but if a girl does it, she's a bitch. Um, but if a guy does it, it's hilarious okay. um, for some people, which is really annoying. Um, and so I think, yeah, it's just kind of balancing, balancing it out. And like I have, like when I got pregnant with Tyson, I had people making jokes about hoping that I would miscarry him because I had <gasps> previous miscarriages and I had someone saying that I shouldn't have announced that I was pregnant with him, even though I was like 15 weeks pregnant and like, I didn't really have a choice. I was showing, so I had to. Um, and it was just kind of like, cool, man. And it used to bother me because like, sometimes you put things on Instagram and, um, if it gets picked up and then people will be like, who, who cares? Blah, blah, blah. It's like, oh fuck man. Like uh, who sees in the headline? And if you don't know, like, I'm sorry, I don't know every single person that exists in the world either, but I don't like take the time out of my day to be like, who? So I think with that sort of stuff, unless it's super personal, you're just like, uh, yeah, yeah stink life you've got you know yeah. that that's what you did today oh 100 percent i've definitely I, embraced the i've definitely embraced the block and <laughs> remove follower bot button <laughs> i mean like even i'm thinking about like i have so many less followers than you for instance but i get that stuff all the time so yeah yeah you i guess you do just have to develop that tough skin and just like i love a little fuck you like just a little yeah fuck you you know what I mean oh yeah if I can think of a clever thing to write back then I absolutely will yeah like it's just something so ridiculous but otherwise it's just like delete block buy see ya and if it is like and if someone someone says something really mean I'm sometimes I will reply and be like why would you say that blah 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 because they're all nine times out of ten the people then realize that people actually read their message and then yeah they go oh shit and then they take it back Mm. and so I love having that moment with people where they have a realization and then hopefully they won't do it to somebody else but there's always an exception to the rule and a lot of people that are just a lot of people just dicks and weirdly those people always have kids or cars as their um as their profile picture I find it so weird when people be like she's an ugly fat bitch and then you like look at you're like who the and you go and like push the button and it's a picture of their baby and you're like yeah. so it looks like this little baby just called you an ugly fat bitch like like okay <laughs> it's a real mean baby but advanced if it can talk already <laughs> or it's like a ghost account like it's got like yes. it's like no followers like following yeah. two thousand people and it's like a little kitten in the dp and i'm like i know like i see through this whole thing you don't yes. even have the balls to put your name beside it Oh my God, people that just make, um, sorry, my freaking, oh my gosh, I clicked something. My, something was bouncing up on my computer. I was getting rid of it. Okay. Um, people that make tr- accounts simply for trolling, that just blow, I've got so many questions. Like, why, why have you not got a better hobby than that? A hundred percent, a hundred percent is so funny. So everyone, well, everyone who I told I was interviewing you is so, there's so many people who are just really keen to get into the industry and do what you do especially mm-hmm. like my friends and people who listen to the podcast I'm sure looking at you from afar you look like a smorgasbord of amazing achievements oh god what, 
are some you do what are some pivotal factors that you found in establishing yourself so predominantly in radio and tv i think like like always my thing that i always always say is attitude is everything mm. like the criminalized rises to the top and i know that's a couple of cliches in a row but it's so true like you do and i get so frustrated because i'll see you know people that come into our industry now and they'll work they'll they want to work a little bit and get all the stuff and then they wonder why they're not getting it and they get frustrated and they give up and then they don't end up in the industry anymore mm. and the thing is is that our industry is so fickle and there's so many people that want to do it and so little jobs but if you work hard and you have a great attitude and you always put your hand up and you're not like a diva about it you're going to get more opportunities than the people that are waiting for it it's like nobody gets asked to dance if they just lean against the wall you have to go up and be like hey want to dance with me and that's that's exactly um what i've always done i've always been like hey um i love doing this but if there's an opportunity for me to do this then i'd absolutely love to try and when i was working on that's and that's kind of how i got dancing like i was working on um extra factor with my radio show guy and clint at the time and um it was just like on four it wasn't prime time or anything it was like an after show of x factor and we were in catering and um it was like dinner time and I sat across from our radio boss at the time who was our big big radio boss but he also worked across telly as well um Andrew Schusterman and he was having lunch next to Hayley Cunningham who is like a big um mm. tv producer and she's just like one of my Beyonce's in my life like I just think that she's she's just everything that I want to be in this industry where she's so talented she's an absolute boss she can run an entire television show like all the people have make a great show and there is not one thing about Hayley that is mean or vindictive or anything like she's always kind and respectful and she gets shit done she's straight up she's honest there's no bullshit and like I admire that so much um but we were sitting there having dinner and Shusty said to me oh um we got Dancing with the Stars coming up who do you reckon would be a good host for that and I was like um this guy right here <laughs> and um and I remember Hayley looking at him being like you just walked straight into that and I had never really met Hayley before I just kind of admired her from afar and he was like, yeah, yeah. I was like, no, honestly though, like if you want something that doesn't look, you know, I was like, I know I'm not your like classic teeny tiny, like skinny hot model, but I, right. um, <laughs> but I was like, I would absolutely love um, yeah. to do something like that. I reckon I could bring some good banter to it. And he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, okay. And then the next day I was like, fuck, I'm just going to give it a crack. And so I emailed just because we had like a good relationship. So I emailed him and I was like, hey just by the way I wasn't joking about that dancing with the stars thing I would absolutely love to put my hand up for that and he was like I know you weren't joking I was like okay good and then a couple of weeks later I got a phone call from Hayley and she's like we'd love to offer you the the job and I was like oh my god I was like what the hell and um that was just blew my mind but it was a classic example of if he'd asked me that question and I was like um what about blah, 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 or blah, 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 then blah, 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 would have been doing the show, not me, you know? Mm -hmm. And so 
I'm about to start my fourth season tomorrow and it's all from putting your hand up, you know, and it's the, yeah, same thing. It's just like everything that I've ever done, I've always put my hand up or made it known and I may not have got it straight away. I would have had to work really, really hard to, to get there. But when the opportunity did come up, people did remember. And because I had worked hard and put my hand up and had a good attitude, then people remember and they trust you with the opportunity, I think. that's And that's how I look at it if I need somebody as well. Like, I'd much rather have somebody with a great attitude than a great resume. Totally, because it's, it's vibe and it's personality and you know that person is keen. And if they're keen, they're going to yeah. do an even better job because they want to be in the environment. That's such good advice. Yeah. I'm interested, what is like a day filming Dancing with the Stars like? Like what does, what's your routine when you're filming it? So my routine for that, so today, so I'm on set here at the moment. So on a Saturday, I come in and it's just kind of like, um, it sounds so lame, but your glam prep. So I'll come in and get like a spray tan, get your nails all glittery. And then we have a um, like a script run through. So we like sit down and we run through both shows and like make sure the script is all good for the presenting side of things and just how the show is going to work and stuff. And then on a Sunday, um, it's, it's about a 10 to 12 hour day. So you like turn up, you have like an hour of makeup, an hour of hair, then you might have lunch. Then we have a dress rehearsal and yeah. And so I'm trying to think, I haven't done it for a few years because of COVID, but yeah, we have a dress rehearsal. Then we have dinner. Then we have the actual show, but it's like goes all across the day. And then through that, you will have like wardrobe and things like that as well, where they make sure that everything fits and if anything needs to be tailored and stuff like that. So yeah, it's a long day. It goes so fast. Yeah. And this year I'm somehow going to fit in like pumping breast milk so it's like just a full noise day <laughs> and hoping like is it, is it like one day a week two it's two, two. and a half days a week so okay. Saturday we have our prep day which is okay. I'm only here for like so today I'm here four till 7 30 and then on a Sunday Monday it's like a 10 12 hour day okay cool yeah so you're wow. there from yeah it's pretty full on that is so full on oh my gosh but really 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 cool yeah um, it's so fun that does sound fun. You segued it perfectly with the breast milk pumping, but I can't yeah. wait to talk to you about your gorgeous babies. Oh, um, they're so divine. Like, oh, the cutest. Oh, thank you. Uh, for myself, like being such a career woman and super focused on hustling and getting my name out there and making it happen, this kind of looming thing in the background of you're going to have babies and it's going to be a whole thing and it's going to take so much time away from your career it's really scary and really daunting what advice do you have for new mothers about to be mothers or people like me who are just like one day I really want to be a mom but I'm fucking terrified and I was exactly the same before I had Tyson like I was convinced that I would lose my job I was convinced that I had to do three months maternity leave and go back which a lot of people like a lot of my friends have done I've taken three months and gone back which I bow down to them because I know that they found it really hard but they also have incredible partners that like step up to the plate and I think that that's the thing like if you uh I think a lot of the time especially women we want to we want to do everything and there's this like expectation that we have to do everything whereas like um for example Meg that does the breakfast show on the edge her husband and her have half the maternity leave so she did three or four months and he's doing three or four months so 
like they've, it's completely even mm. um and with like work stuff it's that same thing like where attitude is everything if you've set up a good foundation for it to then go and have a baby like why not like you're gonna work for like being pregnant's nine months of a lifetime mm. you work you can work most of it like I if my son was 10 and a half weeks premature so if he hadn't have been I would have finished work three weeks before I had him um or four weeks which is what I did with Tyson my oldest son and then it was just like I had six months off and the way I had eight months off with Tyson um obviously like I do tally in between but it's only like part-time um and not for the first four months and I think pretty much is because a lot of people have said to me especially this time with um with Ruben people were like oh well because I ended up having to finish in October because I was in hospital and um they people were like wow that's a really long time like are you worried about taking that much time off work and I was like no because I've worked for my company for I've worked for MediaWorks for 16 17 years mm -hmm. if I can't have six months off to be with my son out mm -hmm. of 16 17 years well I don't want to work for them anyway and they have been nothing but supportive of me and when last year I was supposed to finish in December and then I ended up going to hospital um oh shit and actually like September um I was in hospital and there was not one time when they asked when I was going to be back. It was, mm -hmm. you tell us when you're ready. You tell us what you need. Like, and it was amazing. And I think just having good communication of what you're going to do and, and things like that and having a good setup at home and having good support and knowing, like if, if your career is something that you still want to maintain while having the kids, it's having that conversation with your partner and being like, hey, I still want to be able to do this. How are we going to make that work? Mm. And I think I'm lucky my husband does the same job. So he understands that love of wanting to do it. And it's just tit for tat. It's with everything that we do. So it's like, if I'm going to go do this TV show, then you're going to go away for a week for your work or whatever. Mm. And I might be doing six weeks of dancing with the stars. So you've got to hold down the four, two day, two and a half days a week. Um, but at the end of the show, you can go and have a weekend away, like a break or whatever. And just having that like teamwork between the two of you. But we're even like that with going out. So it's like, you're going out <laughs> this weekend, I'm going out next weekend. If you're getting a babysitter for that, I'm getting a babysitter for that. You know, and it's just that communication, planning and a great Google calendar. That's my thing. The best advice ever. Yeah, but also like if you were, if you work for people that aren't accommodating of you having a baby and giving you that support that you need, I don't think you want to work for those people anyway. Like mm -hmm. go work for somebody else that's going to treat you with the respect that you deserve, you know? A hundred percent. What was one of the hardest points of motherhood for you and how did you come through it? Oh, the hardest thing would be relinquishing all control to them because I am an absolute control freak. I'm meticulous with my plant. Like I, cause I grew up, my dad always said, if you don't plant it, it doesn't happen. And so I was meticulous. Like I have a big magnetic planner on my fridge. That's like Monday, Tuesday. So I always know it's happening. And I get so angry if Bryce doesn't use our Google calendar. Um, so for me having a baby that was like, 
I know I'm supposed to sleep for two hours here, but I'm just going to sleep for 25 minutes. Mm. I was like, what the, f- you're supposed to be, I plan to do this here. So it's just like relinquishing control and knowing that for now, this baby is semi in charge, not fully in charge, but I can't make it do what I want it to do. But when they're a teenager, I will. So it's kind of like, <laughs> so it's kind of like that balance. Like just yeah. Like, yeah, that was the hardest thing was that. And also I lose a lot of sleep about the day that, because my oldest son starts school next February. Wow. And it is like, I just, just I'm dreading it because I just, he's got the sweetest nature. Mm. And I'm like, he goes to school and someone crushes his little spirit. I'm going to just not handle that. I know, like I get really upset when I think about it at, at nighttime. I'll be lying there for ages, be like, what if somebody crushes him at school and then he's like scarred for life like me? Like this is, I don't want that for him. <laughs> like helicopter parent in there at morning tea, like what's oh, yeah. yeah, 100%, 100%. I'll walk past and be like, hey, you've been mean to my kid again. I'm going to talk about it on the radio and name and shame you. Okay. <laughs> the like psycho mother at the school gates like just like yeah. down like watch it billy yeah looking at you looking at eyes you eyes on you eyes on you <laughs> before i let you run to dancing with the stars because sharon is like literally on set basically i have to ask you about the trainee sexologist it's been an absolute hit i love that podcast so many of my oh. friends love it you take something so in some ways scary and make it really digestible which i absolutely love do you have a crazy sex story or what is like the craziest sex tip that Morgan has shared with you and that you've learned throughout it? Hmm. Well, oh my God. So many of Morgan's sex tips. I am like, when she had first time, I was like, Morgan, absolutely not. I could not do that. But I think that's what I liked about it is that she has this really beautiful way of educating you about it. And when we would do the podcast together, I was kind of the pretty one that was like oh my god and and it was exactly like what you said is like that we would have these conversations about things that were really scary and we would make them normal and then all of a sudden we were having these like conversations about like masturbating and stuff with our friends Mm -hmm. you know and it was um that's what I really liked about the podcast but I think the funniest one would probably be and this is before we did the podcast um because Morgan's always been the person with the best tips and she was like, you should do a sexy dance for Bryce. I was like, okay, I'll give it a crack. So we were in Hawaii and we had this like, we had this massive night. I think I told the story on the podcast, but we'd had this massive night. We get back to our hotel room. And I don't know if you've ever heard that Rihanna song, um, Red Lipstick. And it's like, red lipstick, all in the paper. And I was like, here I go. I'm like, red lipstick, doing my dance. But I was so drunk that I like turned around and I was like <laughs> bending over, like bending over, like hmm, like slant dropping. And um, but I lost my balance and I went head first into a TV unit in the hotel. <laughs> so like my like in this cupboard. I was like, oh no, I'm like kind of stuck. And Bryce, bless him, he just like tapped my bum real patronizing. He's like, it's all right. It's <laughs> He's like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, and I just remember being like, can you help me? Can you help me get out of this? My head's just like stuck. It was so embarrassing. Um, so yeah, that was probably a six if that didn't go well for me from Morgan. Yeah, yeah. I feel I'm sweating thinking about it. 
<laughs> that is the best story. Like I love that. I don't think I'm ever gonna do that. I don't think that's a six. No. If you do, just make sure you're not completely inebriated like I was. Inebriated. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe that song has bad vibes. Like maybe I need to do like a yeah. Beyonce. Like yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Okay. Good Got plan. It. Good Got plan. <laughs> Thank you so so much for chatting to me today with with me today. Is there a next season of the trainee sexologist? Is my final question. And where can everyone find you? Well, if you want to find me, um, I'm just at Sharon Casey on everything. Sharon with a Y. You can thank my parents for the difficult spelling. <laughs> um, and a trainee sexologist, that is something that we are talking about at the moment. But I'm not, it's, it's a real hard one because we had like, we've had two really, really great seasons. Mm -hmm. And we're like, do we want to do a third one and potentially ruin this really cool thing that we've done two seasons of? Or do we not? So we're kind of in that, stage at the moment where we're trying to decide what we do plus Morgan is like so like I've got two kids now so I'm very busy but Morgan's also like so busy just you know sexologing it up everywhere so we actually that's a very good reminder that we I need to follow up that conversation with her of what we're doing <laughs> do it for the fans do it for us I know not the first half of this year that was it's definitely not the first half of this year because we both have way too much on but maybe the second half of this year perfect we'll take it we'll take it Thank you so much for chatting with me, Sharon. It's been an absolute pleasure to have you on and so, so insightful and so many little juicy nuggets that I know everyone's going to be so interested to hear. Thank you. I'm so glad and I'm so sorry for my very long tangents. I know it's annoying when I people do interviews. <laughs> oh, you're, you're fantastic. You're so well-spoken. Oh, I'm so glad. I feel, I'm like so sweaty. I hate talking about yeah, myself. Really? <laughs> yeah, oh, I hate talking about myself. Good. So I'm like, oh, oh God, sorry. It's flashing my boobs. Aw, thank you so much. That was so no, nice. Thank you. I really appreciate it.